I only know one way. That's the Padre way. I'm proud as heck to be a San Diego Padre. I played for one team. I played in one town. Smith is ready. Win waiting to pitch. There's a drive. Right center field. Base hit. And there it is. Ho-ho. Doctor. You can hang a star on that, baby. A star for the ages for Tony Gwynn. Number 3,000. And welcome back, everybody, to the 5.5 Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Ortiz, alongside Eric LeBou. And, uh, well, Eric, it didn't get any better. No, it got worse. And you know what? I'm really pissed off. <laughs> I'm really pissed off, dude. Like, we're we're getting to the point now where in normal years, like, believe it or not, yeah, even towards the end of May, I'm like, all right, what else is there to do? <laughs> what else is there to watch? What else is going on around the league? And to this point, I've been so invested in this team, man, and, and like, seeing them get off to the hot start, which isn't wasn't s- sustainable, no, if, not if at we're all. being honest, yeah. with the run differential, one-run games, it's not going to hold. We all knew it. Comeback but games. The way they're losing these games now, it's so frustrating, dude. It's getting harder and harder to watch. It's basically over after, like, three or four. Yeah. Like, the starter will shit the bed and then that's it it's funny you mentioned like what else is there to do um when i saw the lineup yesterday i'm like well machado's playing and uh we'll see how Quantrill does and that's literally the only reasons to tune in yeah everything else i'm like i don't give two flying fucks what the rest of the other eight guys are doing and uh, once Quantrill came out, I'm like, meh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's there's no intrigue. God, we miss Tatis. Yeah, we miss Tatis big time. We miss Tatis, and honestly, we miss Mejia. Um, Urias not being up is killing me inside. In and we'll his, talk about Kinsler in a little bit. In Urias' last 11 games, I saw this nice little tidbit on Twitter. Uh, and I think his last 11 games, he's punched out 10 times and walked 9. And then uh, good old Giannis at Too Much Mortens. He does some great editing work. Somebody give that man a job. He goes, he needs to adjust his leg kick, do something else. Oh, and hit for less power. (laughs) Before he's ready. Seriously. Like, Jesus, what more? What more do you want? Seriously. And I hate to get overly greedy, but I feel like I would be okay with this recent stretch if we were losing with Urias at second base with Mejia behind the plate. Well, yeah, I think think anybody. Well, not anybody. I mean, there are, you know, there's there's a Hedges fan. He has a a pretty strong fan club, but... I think most people would be okay if it was Urias. Like, yeah, Mejia, I'd love to have him. But if Urias was up and we were losing these games that way, or if Cordero was, you know, healthy and we were losing, it's like, well, at least we're like, we're seeing what the future holds, all right? Like, we're giving guys who have a legitimate chance to be here every day for the next four to six years. Like, we're giving them a shot and an honest look. I think we'd be okay with that. Watching Greg Garcia and Ian Kinsler trot their Swiss cheese bats out there. Greg is Garcia's not been okay. And he's been okay. You he's know, been not, okay. Not, not the cream on, of the yeah. crap. Yeah, not not to shit on Greg Garcia, you know, the pride of East County, but um, it's it's frustrating because he's playing way too much. And when you're seeing that, when you're sitting there going, "Oh, thank God they have Garcia and France in the lineup," <laughs> you're in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> it exactly. is a shit show to start. The There's day. just so many black holes in the offense. Speaking it's just of, uh, terrible. Speaking of black holes, we visited Dodger Stadium last Monday. <laughs> yes, we did. We <laughs> or, uh, did. last Tuesday, excuse me. And we're alive to tell it. Yes, we're yes, we are alive to. We did not get mugged. Nope, nope. Uh, did not. I actually got some compliments, even from some Dodger fans on yeah. the. Uh, on my uh, now infamous pinstripe Padre jersey. It kind of felt like there was a respect factor. Like, yeah. was it just me? Because we had our brown on. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you had your Concept 2020 jersey on, yeah. but I had my Sheriff shirt on and my hat. And, and we were walking around. AJ was wearing brown also. And it was just kind of like Dodger fans would get to a point where they would kind of nod. Like, yeah. I, I would venture to say, and, and I might step out on a limb here, and I'm sorry if I hurt anyone's feelings, it was a pleasant experience. It was a nice, you know, when you get <laughs> it wasn't when, terrible. When you get over the fact that you have a bunch of like dead Mexican souls haunting you, <laughs> since that's the uh, you know the, all the people that were killed and buried under the stadium on yeah. which the ground it was built. When you get past that haunted house factor, it's not a bad place to catch a game. And that's not why I said it was pleasant, Leisure Friday. <laughs> it was pleasant. I, mean, I think it was more so. I was like, oh wow, like like this. Is- <laughs> Hashtag like, shit posting. Yeah, it's like, oh wow, like like this is bad, or this isn't that bad because I'm not getting threatened. I don't feel that my yeah. life is in danger right now. But and uh, we had some good scenes, so some friendly banter going on. It was yeah. a nice little, you know, nice family in front of us. You know, there was like a handful of Padre fans around. There us were a and, lot more Padre fans than I thought we were going to yeah. run into. A what, lot more. Yeah, whenever anything good would happen for the Padres, we would stand up, we would cheer, right. and we would like from the other section over, like do the cane chop yeah. with them yeah. and everything. Yeah. And to their credit, Dodger fans were, were actually pretty pretty cool about it. Yeah. It's, I mean, there was one who was like, go back to San Diego! I know, she like, was yelling at us all like the time. Like, it was an insult. Like, yeah. 
beat L.A. It's like, go back to San Diego, you losers. I'm like, yeah. uh, I would be happy to be back in San Diego. Thank you. Yeah, gladly. <laughs> or gladly. That, what about that one schmuck in the parking lot that saw us with the jerseys? Or saw He sees my Machado jersey. That's what I wore up there since uh, El Bebo's still uh, nursing his uh, Mexican hamstring there. Right. And he goes, man, I'm glad you guys signed Machado. Oh, me too. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, I'm just I'm glad he's not on our team. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> Why? Yeah. <laughs> That's not a, telling me that we signed a guy who's projecting for five war and is a legit all-star at 26 and better than any schmuck you're running out at second base right now. Uh, that's not an insult. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm glad he's with you guys now and not us. I'm like, yeah, me too. <laughs> like, Thanks. I'm, I'm glad the Chargers are with you guys and not with us. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Dodger fans are so terrible at trash talking. Like, that was... That was the, that was my main takeaway. I was like, man, these guys suck. And like, they're sitting there, and and there's a guy two rows in Not front of us. Not all of them, just the guys that stood out. Well, oh. there's a guy two rows in front of us, and whenever Machado would come up, he'd be like, Machado, you're a bum. You got those big ears, you bum. Oh yeah. I'm like, you can hear me, you bum. Those big ears, and I'm like, this is so stupid. The best line was that guy talking shit, and you're going, what's Dumbo talking about over yeah. there? Has he looked in the mirror to his ears? Yeah, he literally <laughs> has two satellites attached to his head, and he's talking shit about. I he was a dish TV ad. I'm like, man, the Dodgers are getting creative in their uh, product placement. It was so crazy, man. But, hey, to my credit, I'm going to toot the shit out of my own horn oh, right God. now. What did I say before we started recording? Yes, I was talking week. to you the whole night. I said, hey, Paddock, he is due for a bad outing. He's I'm not happy a, about this. Due for a bed shit. Yeah, I'm, exactly I'm really upset about it because we're going to be at the game, but he's due for a bad outing. I, I didn't think it was going to come against the Dodgers, but it did. No, I, He was I getting hit so. hard. He was. I think the thing with the Dodgers... Um, when I look number one, I, and I've mentioned this before, I mentioned this when they played him in San Diego. The the amount of depth that they have is ridiculous. Like Chris Taylor would be our starting second baseman right now. Uh, Kike Hernandez would probably be our starting second baseman right now. So yeah. their depth is ridiculous. When you add on to that, that the Dodgers, I believe, are near the top of the league and on base percentage, which indicates they draw walks, they work deep counts. For Paddock, he doesn't rely on people chasing pitches, but I think they were just ready to wait him out, and he left a couple of change-ups. One, the, the home run to Peterson was a fastball right down the dick. Yeah. And Josh, uh, Jock Peterson is not Mr. Contact, but when you throw a fastball down the middle, I don't care I don't care who you are, how hard you throw, he's going to hammer it. Peterson he, barreled him up a couple and times. Then he, yeah, the first one, he hit a 100-mile-an-hour dr- uh, line drive at Framil Reyes. Now, based on, now, judging off the bat, based on the crowd reaction, every <laughs> ball hit in the air. With a launch angle of 1% or higher. Oh! <laughs> Anything with a launch oh. angle of 1% or higher, you would have thought, if you are listening on the radio, uh, that it was going to be out. But, um, no, <laughs> he barreled him up. And then, uh, Bellinger got him. Oh, the hey, he hung a changeup, and Bellinger just shit all over it. Good yeah. grief. It was very, very humbling. So, uh, I'm going to do a hot take right now. Very hot take. I think you should just ditch the curveball, to be honest really? with you. Really? I don't. I Isn't mean, it a little soon to be saying he should ditch a curveball? Not. I mean, based, maybe based on results. When I read scouting reports on Paddock's curveball here, you know, at best he might be able to get it to average, but it's probably going to be a below average offering. I feel like maybe he should go to something else. He might have a better feel for, which to me would be cutter slider. I say, why not both? Yeah, yeah, I, I could see both, but I, I feel like the curveball is not going to work as a third pitch. Um, I would like to see something else that maybe he can bust in, especially because he's so good at tunneling. I, we we've talked about tunneling. Everything comes out of the you know the same arm slot at the same release point, so he's throwing that fastball and changeup. That's why he's fooling guys. Um, but I feel like maybe something to go the other way would be a, a good idea. But uh, yeah, it's, it was a bummer to see him because you could tell he was bothered. I wouldn't mind seeing him uh, have a slider that he can throw towards a lefty's back foot yeah. in his arsenal. I, I wouldn't can, mind that. Something he can bust in on a lefty's hand. So I feel like with the way his his fastball obviously has good movement, it, it, it's got good depth. But with the way his changeup breaks, is if he hangs it, it's going to hang right over the place, especially for lefties. And he doesn't hang it that often, though. He doesn't. That's but his I, bread and butter. It, true. That's his. I, that's his best. His best uh, pitch in his uh, repertoire. It's <laughs> a shout out to Donovan. <laughs> God, poor Don. We love you, Don. Sorry. Repertoire. Uh, Christ. I do think that uh, another pitch, so they can't. Because I mean. You know, yeah, it's his best pitch, but I mean, like I said, if you're sitting on it and you know he's only fastball changeup, you can wait out the fastball if yeah. you know that he's going to come with the changeup. So I feel like something to mix it up. I feel like a cutter might be better and easier to to grab for him because 
He has such good command. And a cutter is just a fastball. And a slider I think it's is... too soon to, to ditch the curveball. Meh. Too soon. Agree to disagree. Yeah. I'm sure many will disagree with me. I just... I don't see it being more than what it is as like a, a fairly semi-occasional offering that really doesn't do much. Yeah, he, you know, he didn't have his stirrups on. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, we mentioned that he was which, in. Uh, he, he was, was in, in the stance. Yeah, he was yeah. in the stand socks, which which is a good call. But uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So you need to stick with those stirrups, Chris, and you know, <laughs> do what you do best. Go out there and smoke fools. But yeah, it was it was it was humbling. Hum- I think humbling is a good word for it. <laughs> yeah. That start for him and and what he was saying earlier. Hey, like I wouldn't want to be my next opponent. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, good tonight, luck, Diamondbacks. Tonight he's facing the Diamondbacks at home, to which he. He's finally going to get to, you know, sleeps in his own, well, his own bed. But, you yeah. know, sleeps in his own bed, has his own home cooking. Probably got some Phil's barbecue today. A little less so pressure feel, on him. I, I do so he think... can feel right at home <laughs> with, the, with the nice barbecue in San Diego. I wonder what he really thinks about San Diego's barbecue scene. But I, know, I, yeah. maybe there is something. Like, I do think there's a, you can get kind of overly amped. Because I don't think he was overthrowing. But um, his command was not very good. And I have a feeling that, you know, if your command's not good, maybe it's mechanical or maybe it's just... Maybe he's just trying too damn hard. Yeah, he could be. But what I think is really going to help him out, he's going to get to stay here at home. He's going to have his own uh, theme song, his own walk-up music when he comes in. And it's just... What is his theme song? His theme song. Heavy rain, thin line between joy and pain. It's a long, strange trip. It's all insane. What? You ain't never gonna be the same. <laughs> Living life through the night, thin line oh of a lightning <laughs> stride. Sometimes the only light when the moon is tucked away. T- tell me you don't get fired up hearing that. No, so man, if you're Chris Paddock, whoo, man, we're we're. Somebody should take that poor dog out and just put it out of its misery. <laughs> get the euthanasia. Tell me you don't get fired up hearing that. Man, he's back at home. He hears Corey Stewart singing his song personally. It's it's dude, he's gonna be fired up, man. He's gonna come out he's gonna come out guns a blazing today. I hope to God whatever guns a blazing he has shoots that song dead. <laughs> Good grief. But um I'll be interested ha- to see how he does today. I, I do too. I think he's gonna be very determined. I think he'll be fine. It is the Diamondbacks, I think he'll do well. Um, I mentioned this, I think, I want to say it was last week or the week before, but I mentioned that I feel like, even last week when he was struggling, I felt like, okay, you know, I mean, he didn't pitch that poorly. I think he gave up like three earned runs. It was just poor for him. Um, but I still felt pretty confident with him out there as opposed to like going to the bullpen. Um, and I, I can't remember which week I mentioned, but we've talked about like after Paddock and Strom, it's kind of like, well, maybe we'll get a win out of one of the next three, which, uh, I think happened against the Pirates. Although I think, uh, according to some journalists, we got swept. But um, <laughs> nonetheless, I, I feel like at this point, the pitching being so thin in the starting rotation has really, really reared its ugly head. Particularly with Margavich's no longer being able to get by on smoke and mirrors. Thank God he got optioned. So he got optioned all the way down to double A Amarillo, which yeah. I, I couldn't be more happy that he's gone for I now. I think they did that to work with a certain pitching coach, so not not so much as like, oh, we think he can't cut it in triple A. Well I no, think, I, yeah. I know that. Yeah. But yeah, they want him to work they wanted him to work with whatever pitching coach, but it's just nice to give him a give him a breather. Get him out of the rotation because man, if that fastball command isn't there for him, he's gonna get lit up. No, he's he's and poor he man's looked, Eric Lauer. He he's swapping really Eric Lauer. Yeah, he's, he looked uh, really bad yeah. this last start. So it'll be be nice to get him out of there get some fresh blood in here you have Cal coming back up and and I don't I don't want to label him after after a few starts Cal Quantrill but when I see Quantrill I'm like meh I don't know man like I don't know if he has it and and it's kind of I realize I'm a hypocrite by saying that because I'm like hey you can't judge Urias or Mejia by x amount of at-bats and here I am after three Quantrill starts saying "Eh, I don't know the thing I don't know if it's there see here's the thing is that you can make some fair I think you can judge each start fairly without saying, like, long-term, this is what it is. With Quantrill, I feel like I've been saying this for, like, two years. Because I was on the Quantrill bandwagon a lot longer than most people were. Um, but I feel like maybe it's still just a mechanical adjustment. Maybe it's to drop his arm slot. I felt like he's overthrowing yesterday to hit 94. Because he probably needs to sit there to be a viable, like, back-end starter. But he has no idea where his fastball is going. Like, I can tell you, watching his start yesterday... How many times, like, he missed high and, like, really high, like, pull the catcher out of the crouch high. Right. And, I mean, it's like when I pitch up there, right? Like, yeah, I might throw a little hard, but God knows where the fastball is going. And, I mean, he's missing by miles. And the thing is, when I mentioned it, like, his changeup seems to be his best offering. It's a pretty good pitch. But it kind of goes back to what I was saying about Paddock when, like, you're only a two-pitch guy. You don't have anything that moves in. Like, 
If you know damn well he can't locate the fastball, there's no reason for you to sit on anything but a straight fastball that he finally gets over the plate. And I feel like that might be the book on him at this point. It's like, yeah, he throws hard. He's got a pretty good fastball. He's got a really good sinker. But he can't throw strikes. Like, he can't get ahead to set you up. Because when he does get ahead, he does fine. Um, so I don't know. Maybe, you know, he, he irons it out. But I think at this point, I'd be comfortable in saying Quantrill's probably like a 4 or 5 if he figures out fastball command. If not, then somebody mentioned using, like, an opener when he starts. You know, just kind of bring him in in like the fourth or fifth or second. Well, yeah, that way he doesn't have to throw the first or second inning. See, I don't know if that would make much of a difference, but I mean, it's just been brutal. He might be a bullpen guy. I mean, if you don't have fastball command, you only have two pitches. You know, limiting your exposure to like three to six batters, that might be what's best for him at this point. This, I mean, I'd, I'd run him out there until he does he proves otherwise. But I definitely see a lot of reliever risk at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I see that too. But really what this last week has told me, and I was like, man, I'm looking at it, and I'm kind of looking through the system. And, you know, we have we have solid pitching pro- – or we have solid prospects. Yeah. Most of our prospects are arms. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, man, like, are any of these guys really, like, stoppers? Like, more hone, maybe, if he can stay healthy. Like, he could be a stopper. You have Paddock. Uh, Strom has been has been good. Of course, Gore, which I think he will be planted firmly on top of the rotation one day. Yeah, I think he's here next year. But this this last week, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, man, I'm like, the Padres, they need to trade for a top of rotation arm. Like, uh, the more and more I look at it, I'm like, dude, like, if it's not for this year, <coughs> I don't want a guy that's just a one-year rental because I still don't think they're going to have it this year. There's no. so many holes. Yeah. So if you have 20 holes and you patch one of them, <laughs> even if it's a big hole atop the rotation arm, you're still going to sink at the end of the year. So I don't I don't want a guy for this year. Like, I don't want, like, Garrett Cole or something like that or whatever. Yeah. I know I, what you mean. I want them to Zach trade. Wheeler. I want them to trade for a controllable arm, like an ace. Like you're getting to the point. You hear Longenhagen on the EVT podcast where he says it's about to come time where they're going to start having to consolidate their prospects. So I'm sitting here. I'm like, hey man, we have a lot of depth. Other teams have a lot of holes, and I'm looking. I really want Cindergard at this point. I want an ace that you can have. Remember who called that? <laughs> I want an ace who you can have for the next two years at least. Plus, yeah. So Cindergard, you get him the rest of this year, and you get him for two more years. Now, those guys don't come cheap. Like, we're going to have to give up a, a nice package to get him, but I'm not sure how much the Mets, I'm, I'm not sure how much they'll ask for. You know, I mean, I, I feel like they could be had. And I, I want to Oh, see, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I feel mean, they like gave they up they legit prospects had. for, like, Keon Broxton. They just DFA'd him. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm looking at this rotation. I'm like, dude, even when, when Gore gets up here, it's going to be a, a breath of fresh air. Yeah, but, like, when more home guys. gets up here, too, I'm like, who do we really have that's just like, hey, this game is over? At that point, you'd have Gore, you'd have Paddock. And that's yeah. it. And you're and you're you're counting on a guy who's in his second year next year with Paddock. And you're counting on a rookie with Gore. So if our window is now, we need to trade for a guy that's hey, this is our now pitcher. Like they need a guy like that. And at the beginning of the year, I'm like, hey, let it, let the cards fall where they may. But the more and more the season goes on, the more and more obvious it becomes to me that they need to get an arm like that. I agree. I think I think what it's going to come down to is where do the Padres think they are? Like. Yeah, they went out and got Machado, and they brought up Paddock, and they brought up Tatis to break roster. But did they do that because they feel like, let's get these guys experience now to accelerate the window? Because it used to be like 2021, I feel like, was like, oh, that's the window. Signing um, Machado, that speeds everything up, though. It does, but does it speed it up to where they think they have to do it now for this year? I agree with you for next year. I think it just depends on what their sense of urgency is, and if they still want to see how some of their prospects that are closer break out. Because I do think Gore and Patino... Especially Gore is going to be in Double A this year, and I right. think those two guys—he might be in Double A next week. Yeah, yeah. So I think those two guys are likely to get major league innings next year. Um, with Morahone, who we've heard, um, you know, is is not really injured. Injured, he's just sore a lot. You know, who knows what what's going to go on with him? But I feel like if he pitches, and they're—I mean—they're stretching him out. You know, he could get major league innings this year. So I don't know if they view it like, well, let's see what we have, and then maybe make a move next year. I do think making. A consolidated effort to try to get a top of the rotation arm, um, as long as it's not ridiculous. Right? Oh, we want Gore and Patino in the same deal. That's clearly not going to happen. But right. you know, they have some guys, they have some depth that they can move that are legitimate prospects. Like I look at like Hudson Potts. I love Hudson Potts. I like the pick. He's worked out well so far. He's in Double A. He's still young. Looks like a major league regular. He has nowhere to play. Like, right. I mean, we're not going to make him tie France. Right. Like, he has nowhere to play. Um, I like Xavier Edwards a lot. But he's another guy that's like, well, if Arias pans out, like, they're rough. I mean, Arias is a little bit older than him, but not, like, significantly older. Like He's 21, yeah. Arias. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and Edwards is, what, 19? So it's like, Edwards is probably two years away. Are you going to trade Arias at that time when he's going to be in his prime at, like, 
23? <laughs> Probably not. Well, part of me part of me worries that they're going to look at it right now and be like, Urias isn't it. And he's tearing it up in AAA. Maybe we trade him. Maybe we package him. I don't want that. I feel like based on them sending him down um, and then keeping him down there and then saying how much how many at-bats Kinsler's continued to get even though we want France you know, at second or like Garcia at second all the time, I think it was more of Green's not playing him. He's not going to play him. So we need to get him consistent at bats because what we want him to work on, he can't do that playing every two days and getting. Oh, but I hits. thought Green didn't write the lineup. I thought that was coming from upstairs. Uh-huh. Yeah, I I don't know how much it is coming from upstairs. But insert jerk off <laughs> motion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, I don't think they would give up on Arias that quickly. Like I I just can't I can't see it, and I keep thinking back to like man. Had we not given up on Rizzo? <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't think Preller would do that. He seems to have, like, you know, he, he falls in love with the prospects, right? So, um, but, but he falls in love with loud tools. What loud tools does Urias have? He's got plus defense and he makes contact. No, what loud tools does that's he his, have? That's his loud tools, contact. I mean, he doesn't have, like, raw power in it, but, I mean, what loud tools does Manny Margot have? I don't know. And he keeps he keeps him on the roster. Like he hasn't he hasn't gone away from him yet. So well, I I feel like Margot doesn't have much value in a trade. No, he whereas doesn't. Whereas Urias would. And again, he doesn't have those loud tools. And, and I'm not I'm not campaigning to trade Urias. No, I'm not either. I'm, I'm just trying to see the other side of it because it wouldn't shock me if they trade him. See, it wouldn't shock. Me. It would shock me because I think you'd be selling low. He's coming off a really rough stint in the majors from when he debuted up to the couple of weeks he was up this year. So I think you'd be selling low. I think you could still make a decent trade and get something decent back. But I do think you'd be selling low because of recent history and because of how you've dealt with him. Like, I mean, they they he broke camp in AAA. They brought him up for a couple of weeks. He stunk it up and limited exposure. And then they sent him back down. It's like, it's a complete vote of no confidence. So I think, think you'd be selling him short. But that's why I look at, like, somebody like Potts and Edwards and, like, these are good players. Like, Marcano's a good player. These are guys who have high upside, and maybe they're a little bit far away, but like these are guys I'd be like looking to, what can I get for a team that's probably going to want guys maybe that are a little bit closer, or a team that maybe wants guys who, hey, in two, three years down the line, we're going to be good, so we want guys in like low and high A because we think it's going to be a couple years. Those are the guys I'm looking to move. If you had to, you're probably going to have to include Patino uh, in a trade for Thor. I mean, I, I think it's almost a given, unless yeah. you can fool him into taking Ryan Weathers, which I'd be <laughs> happy to do, but... Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, who knows? Yeah. But there has to be something. Like, I'm just, I'm. They do need an arm, and it's not a Marcus Stroman with a year and a half left. Like, we need something, because even if Garrett Richards comes back next year and Lamette comes back, like, you don't know what you're going to get out of those guys. Yeah. And you got to think Gore's probably going to be on some sort of innings limit. Yep. You know, you're, I mean, do you really want to patch it together? Like, okay, let's plug Patino, Baez, Lamette, Richards, you know, more hone all these guys in at the back end, and they're better than what we have now, probably. But you're still going to have to patchwork. Like, you need, you know, you'll get what you'll get out of Paddock, assuming health, and maybe you know what you get out of Strom, but I do I do think you're right. I think that you need like at least another 160, 180 innings out of a guy who you know can take the ball every fifth day. Well, by patchworking it next year, it's kind of like crossing your fingers and praying that it works. Yeah. And also, at that point, at the end of next year, if you cross your fingers, you pray it doesn't work, that could potentially be 40% of the time that we'll have Manny Machado. Yeah. Now, like... He's not going to – we would want to hope that he's not going to opt out. We want to he hope might. he's going to stay around, but it's, you know, the chance is on the table. Even I mean? if he doesn't opt out, you are risking – this is the issue I had with Hosmer. 40% of the time yeah. that we would have Manny Machado. Yeah, and, and, and you and, also and, and risk And we're throwing our thoughts and prayers in, into the wind about a starting rotation. I would be okay getting the top you need of the rotation an arm. arm. Absolutely. I mean, again, I don't think they're going to trade Gore and Patino – I think Patino would probably be most likely to go. I would try my damnedest not to because I think he's going to be really good. But they do need, even if it's not like an ace-ace, right? Like a legit number one. They need something. Like they need, they don't need Chris Archer. <laughs> but they but they need somebody that can go out there every fifth day and give them six or seven strong. They need a John Lackey, right? Somebody that can just anchor the rotation, give you innings, stay healthy, be above average, and that you can bank on. I know you're not crazy about him, but I would take Strowman. Oh, I would too. I, would I just wouldn't Stroman. give up a lot for Strowman. Yeah, he's developed a changeup this year. It's pretty oh, sweet. Dude. I like his swagger. I, see him on the I think he would fit right in. Pitching ninja. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like he would fit in well here, honestly. I just wouldn't Stroman. give up a ton for him because you only get him for a year and a half. But That's I'm, fair. But I mean, I would be looking at the deadline to add with the idea of adding next year. It just depends on what the Blue Jays want and how much you're willing to give up. Like, I would really, dude, 
Now that you mention, I'd love Strowman depending on the package. I, I know the I know the contract issue and all that, but I would love to see them take a shot at Bauer and just it, see if he sticks to that one year deal. He's thing. another year and a half guy. If you want yeah. him, pay him the most money. Yeah. If you're right there and you feel like he really really gives you that chance, pay him the most money. If that's truly what he's out for and that's truly what he's going to stick to is those one year deals, pay him the most. Very easy on the budget. Pay him the most. Yeah. So see, and I'd be okay with that. I mean, I think the, the Cleveland is still in it, so I think depending on how well they do. As time goes on, but yeah, I I I'm open for pretty much anything. It just depends. On, it doesn't even depend on length. As long as they have an extra year of control going into next year, it just depends on how much, how long are we getting them. I would much rather have Bauer or Strowman. Um, well, I don't know about Strowman over Thor, but I'd much rather have Bauer over both of them because I, I view Bauer as more durable. Right. Um, and uh, but I mean, I would take any of the three. I would just give up less for Strowman than I would for Bauer, and less for Bauer than I would for Thor because you get Cindergard for. Two and a half years, and you get the other two for one and a half. Right. But Bauer, I think, is clearly the best of the three. Yeah. I mean, I, I dude, I, I really want a guy like that. I just feel like the, with all the names that the Potters have been linked to. i think of crappy teams that have starters to give up. Like um, Rosenthal. Ken Rosenthal came out and said, oh, hey, the Potters tried to acquire Bauer at the beginning of the season. And that excites me. Stunned. With all the names that they have been linked to, whether it be Stroman, whether it be Syndergaard, Bauer, Keiko. I don't think Keiko is our savior. Such a great fit. But to have all of those, to have all those guys be attached to those guys, and to not land one, I don't see it. I don't see it. I, I see them making something happen. Who they make happen, that remains to be seen. But I see them making something happen. You got to shake it up. I agree. Now the other thing I want to see about a trade is like, at this point, unless they, and, and it depends on what goes on with Franchi, who's again, he's hurt again. With similar issues, right? He's working his way back. He is. Supposedly he's close. He is. But at the same time, he's missing development time, right? right. Like, he's a really raw, toolsy guy. He could he could be like Lorenzo Cain, where it's like, and I'm not comparing him skill set-wise, but it's the same idea of, like, this really raw, toolsy prospect where if you can refine the tools and harness it, hey, you got an all-star to a star, right? So he needs that development time, and him missing all this time, I think, is killing his development. So I wonder, maybe, like, do we need to go get, like, an outfielder? Because I don't, I, I know people, oh, I miss Jankowski. I don't miss Jankowski whatsoever. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I like Jankowski as a backup. I don't care to see him play every day, but I feel like at some point. I was on that train, too, man, but yeah. seeing how little this team gets on base, yeah. that would be welcomed for me, man. To That's have Jankowski out there in center right now, as much as I've hated and shitted on Jankowski in the past, to see him out there right now and have him actually getting on base at a 340, 350 clip. 330 clip. I would take be, that. Would be extraordinary. I would very happily take that at yeah, this point. That's a fair point. That's I, I think my issue is that I don't see any upside in him, but I get that. I, I can it's a fair point that he would get on base better than Margot and that he's a he's just a better at bat. Um because, I mean, like I said, I, I was all for Margot last year. I was posting constantly. Since this day, man, he's hitting this. Or, man, Margot's hitting this. And Jankowski's hitting this. But, like, he's got, like, a less than 2% walk rate. I mean, I like Margot. But at some point, like, this is your third full season. You're not being hindered by injuries. Like, your defense is what it is. It's good. It's arguably great at times. But you got to hit, man. Like, I mean, Will Myers is back in center field again yeah. today. And Will has been a complete black hole of offense. Um, over the last month or so. And he's still getting time and over he's still Margot. getting uh, over Margot, which I think tells you, like, hey, yeah, man, maybe Will's struggling, but at least he might draw some walks or run into one, whereas Margot, he's basically, like, a fifth outfielder at this point. Yeah. You know, and they're like, oh, we'd rather I have I feel that in my yeah. soul, man, yeah. and it sucks. <laughs> it, it sucks. It sucks because I thought that might be the centerpiece of the Kimbrel trade, and it's turning out that it's not. Yeah. Um, but I feel like maybe they should, I mean, hopefully Franchi comes back and they just go into, like, some kind of platoon which I think would be fine. You know, let Francis face the crappy, soft-tossing lefties, and then the tougher lefties let Margot out, go out there and run around. Yeah. Um, but I feel like there's so many holes, and, like, I think Myers will eventually come around. He I, has to. I, people like to shit on him, but it's like he's never going to be a star. He's going to put up a 320 on base and slug, like, 460. It is who he is. I think eventually he'll regress back to the mean and get back to his usual self. Um so I, I'm fine with him. I've, I've said this before. I'll keep saying it. I love the way they're utilizing Renfro. They're not running him out there to strike out four times a game and letting him slump. They'll give him a day or two here or there. Pinch hit extraordinary slash spot starter is perfect. Framo Reyes is probably my favorite player on the team behind Manny and Tatis. He's probably tied right up there. So right. he's fine. But, God, 
good grief, they are dying in center field right now. Here's here's a couple things. And I feel like Will's the guy, and, and so much has talked about Will with the... He took some accountability for his struggles, by the way. Yeah, he did. But so much has always been brought about Will Myers and the, oh, hey, you know, you just got to get him, you got to keep him into it. You know what I mean? You got to make sure that he's, um, you know, remaining focused and this and that, which it sucks. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it sucks that he's the type of guy that that's actually a narrative and it's not wrong. Yeah. Like... Tell me if I'm crazy. And I, I was looking at it today, and, and I'm thinking about it, and someone asked about the leadoff position. I'm like, why not just put Will in leadoff right now? I know he's been terrible. He's been a black hole. But you have Ian Kinsler batting leadoff. I would put rather Will, have Myers. Put there. Will yeah. in the leadoff spot and why just not? shake it up. I would put Will there if, if you want to kind of be like, hey, just give him, just shake it up a little bit and put him there. Honestly, at this point, the way that he's been hitting this year, I think Hosmer might be a good idea for the leadoff. See, I like the idea of Hosmer leadoff, except that he's been drilling the shit out of the ball. So I feel like you need to keep him in the middle of the order. God, I miss Tatis, because if he was around, then that'd be perfect. But Would, I, it, would it be terrible, though, to have Hosmer in the one spot? No, absolutely To have not. Fran Mill in the two and Manny in the three? You know how I am. I have no I have no care for, like, does he profile his leadoff? Just take your best, your best four to five guys and just stack them up. Yeah. So I'd be okay with that. I would be open to Myers in the leadoff hole because I do think... Joe Madden used to do this to get guys out of slumps, right? Like, he put them in the leadoff hole. Like, put Myers in the leadoff hole. You know, don't tell him to change anything. Just put him in the leadoff hole. Give him a different look. You know, he's not going to bat with anybody on base or have to worry about that kind of stuff. So, especially with, you know, the bottom of the order. Yeah. So, I would be okay with that to try to get him as many at-bats as you can to kind of work out of it. Um, but I'm not opposed to Hosmer in the leadoff hole, particularly when Tatis comes back. I feel like Tatis in the leadoff hole over Hosmer is a waste. I'd rather have Tatis hitting, like, Second or fourth, he's somewhere somewhere near or around Manny Machado. Not not leadoff. Yeah, my idea of throwing shit against the wall and seeing what sticks—that's yes. Myers in leadoff. <laughs> but what I think is actually a viable solution at this point in time to try to generate some offense is putting Hosmer there. Desperate Eric wants Myers leading off. The strategic <laughs> Eric wants Hosmer. Exactly. There. I think that's fine. Hosmer has competitive at bats. He's been hitting very well since. Uh, he injected marijuana and fell down in the uh, sauna. So Someone needs yeah. to inject Will, man. Yeah, with something. He, An enema. <laughs> he needs to get it going, for sure. Let me ask you another thing. And sure. I, was, I was thinking about this today. You've seen uh, Alex Dickerson out in the outfield, right? Why? <laughs> Alex Dickerson is terrible in the outfield. Like, there's no way to spin it to where he looks good out in the outfield. And he's, what, 27, 28? Like, I get it. He's a good story. He's an East County kid that's playing for the hometown team. It's a great story, right? He's been hurt. He's been injured. He's battled adversity. He's came back. Great story. Fantastic. I'm done. Bye. See ya. Get out of here. You came up. He he broke in with, the, uh, Pittsburgh. with Pittsburgh. Go with him. You know what I mean? Like, get out of here. I want to see them replace his role with Josh Naylor. I feel like it's time. If you're going to throw someone out there every other day that's terrible offensively, let it be Josh Naylor and get Dickerson the fuck out of here. That's the way I'm looking at it. I'm all for Naylor only if they're going to play him every day. Only if they're going to play him every day. I don't think he's going to be able to play left field worth a lick. He was Me a tw- neither, but neither can Dickerson. <laughs> yeah, neither can Dickerson. And at least there's offensive upside, right? Like, at least there's some offensive upside. If they're going to use... I actually think of an outfield, dude. Think of an outfield with Naylor in left, Myers in center, and Renfro in right. Or Reyes in right. <laughs> Woof. Why not? Yeah. I'd oh, yeah, be, that's what I meant. Reyes in right. I'd be okay with them platooning Reyes, like Reyes and Renfro. I'd be okay, or excuse me, uh, Naylor, Naylor and Renfro. Like, platoon those two. Yeah. I'm, I'm just Give fine Will with center that. and move them around. You know, yeah, you know, use Margot and you know whatnot as a lady musical chairs yeah. in the outfield. That's do what, what the I Dodgers do, right? Exactly. Like they just they sit there and they just mix and match and they play the matchups and you know they they use the depth. I'm all give for them that. enough starts here and there, give them enough pinch hitting opportunities later in the games. I would rather make it make it work. I would rather have anybody but Alex Dickerson. Now I don't hate Dickerson. I was pretty impressed his first showing, but he's useless. I don't either. Like, yeah, he's he's useless. Like, I don't know why they called him up. We don't need a lefty bat off the bench, and he doesn't do anything that anybody else on the team does like less than him. Right? Like, he doesn't bring anything to the table that we don't already have. Like, he's a nice story. That's and yeah. that's it. And I don't think that's why he was brought up. I just I feel like maybe they thought they needed some more thump, but it's like dude, he just doesn't fit. Like when you run him out there, you're you're killing your defense. For no reason, because he's not better than Framil defensively, I would think. Especially with like all the back injuries and stuff. Maybe a couple of years ago, but with all the injuries, he's probably not great defensively. Right. Um, he looks like he's lost a lot of bat speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's really a first baseman, but he can't play there. And it's like he's not better than Renfro or Myers either. 
So I, I see no place for him. I know they don't have anybody else, but I'd rather see them bring up, like, Boog Powell. <laughs> then run Dickerson out there. At least Powell can do, you know, maybe I think he's fast or something. But, yeah, I I, I don't mind your idea of just, you know, DFAing Dickerson. Sorry, I'm desperate buddy. to get offense. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I was sitting there today at work thinking about it, and I was like, God, dude, like, how are they going to get some offense? Can you rolling? imagine with a righty on the mound, Josh Taylor goes out there for six innings, and then... Enter defensive replacement, Hunter Renfro. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> but I'd be all for it. I mean, if it's going to be a way to get, you know, Naylor at bats, you pretty much tell him, hey, you know, against righties, most of the time, you're going to be out in the left field. You know, we'll mix and match, but, you know, that's, that's and what we're going to do. And he's terrible. From everything that we've heard defensively, From he everything is we've terrible. seen. Like, he can't even pretend to be terrible no. in left field. So we're not sitting here saying, like, oh, hey, you know, maybe. A 20 on the 2080 scale for speed. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not saying, like, hey, he's even going to be passable out in left, but who gives a shit? I mean, <laughs> who I gives know. A shit? We need offense. I know. God damn it. That Sweeney likes to talk up how much better Rand- Fran Mill Reyes has been in the outfield. Fran Mill Reyes is not good in the outfield. Right. I'm sorry to tell you. But I love Fran Mill, and he can hit. Yeah. So if you can hide Naylor in left field for five or six innings at a time, get him two or three reps every night. You know, and, and figure it out. You know, maybe DH him when we finally visit an American League team. Please soon. It's coming up next week. Thank God. Next week they're going to Toronto. They're going to New York. Yeah, Over on Memorial Day weekend. I mean, why not? Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe to your point about Dickerson, like, do you think they just brought him in? Because it was like, hey, Paddock needs to get acclimated to San Diego. Paddock's a redneck from Texas. Bring <laughs> in the East County kid. To show him around. Do you think I don't know that's why they brought him up. I can't even think about, like, I, I can't even think... What the logic would be to bring him up? They have Greg Garcia to show him around East County. Yeah. They don't need it. They don't need. Well, Dickerson Paddock. doesn't hurt to have all the East County guys that you can. It's... Yeah, Dickerson's only like a you know a quick uh, a quick throw of the rock away from uh, Ramona. Yeah. So I mean that makes I guess that makes sense. I just I don't see why he's on the damn roster. I yeah. don't understand it. I don't, I, I don't get. Uh, there's no position players down there. Uh, I mean they could bring up Arias and tell Greg Garcia to go get a glove to play left. <laughs> That's <laughs> an awful idea. <laughs> I'm just saying, as like a backup, if they really, if they're that desperate for a backup outfielder, I'm sure you can. I'm sure Greg Garcia can stand, you know, uh, adequately in left field if need be. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess. You know, there's one thing before we get into the uh, beloved Padres Twitter segment. There's one thing that that I needed to uh, to tell you that I did today. It's a little bit of breaking news. Oh my god! Little bit of breaking news. Are you ready? Sure. Again. I went to Fangraphs again. Oh, yay! I was just there. Oh, yay! Went, went to Fangraphs today. What was today's endeavor about? Austin Hedges. Because <laughs> I was sitting there, and I'm like, man, I see people online, I see people on Twitter trying to frame their arguments saying, oh, hey. Ex Woba. Here's, here's, why, here's why Austin Hedges is better than you think. <laughs> and I'm looking at it, I'm like, man, what's going on with Hedges? So I look at it. His soft hit percentage is above league average. He's not hitting the ball hard. He's hitting the ball in the air. Congrats. Golf clap, which is great. He's hitting the ball in the air more than league average. He's pulling the shit out of the ball. He's, he's always pulled the shit out of the ball. I can't remember the last time he squared up on something to write. He's pulling the shit out of the ball. He is hitting soft fly balls. Sure, he's hitting line drives more than league average, but he's hitting soft, routine, can of corn, fly balls. It's getting caught. He's swinging and missing more than the rest of the league. He's trash. He sucks. He can't. Hit. I don't care what what letters you give me that have X in front of it. <laughs> that's like not X gonna. Bacon? Yeah, that's not gonna get me off the fact Real that stat, he sucks. I dude, I'm sitting there and, and people. <laughs> I was laughing my ass off, dude. I was sitting there at work today, and my my Austin Hedges troll from yesterday. <laughs> How much traction did that get, by the way? It, it got a lot. So. Yeah. I was talking about Hedges and what he's done through the past month, which has just been atrocious. And this is just if you look at the stat line. And somehow, someway, today, as things always evolve in Padres Twitter, it went from talking about a baseball player to Marver's takes on pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Replacement level ciabatta. It got to replacement level ciabatta. It got to crust to pizza ratio. It somehow devolved into that. Oh god! And I was laughing my ass off, dude. It was incredible. But I was I was sitting there, and, and it never ceases to amaze me how many dopes fall for my hedges trolls. Like at the end of the day, do I hate hedges? Maybe a little bit. I only hate him <laughs> because he's taking playing time away from a guy who's a legit top prospect who I want to see get a shot. I do think that he sucks. Like I do think that he sucks. But on Twitter. I'm able to rile people up so easily. You're very like good yesterday, at it. I let you guys know 24 hours in advance 
uh, that my Christian Bethencourt troll was coming. I was like, hey guys, this is what I'm going to hit him with tomorrow. Just wait and see. And of course, I post it on there and people take the bait. Oh yeah? What about the pass balls from Bethencourt? <laughs> oh yeah? You're not taking it all into context. And I'm like, hey, I would like, I would love for you to point out one place in this, in this entire tweet, that I told a lie. Name one point in this entire tweet oh, that man. isn't factual. You'd be a great wrestling villain because you know the villains I mean? always tell the truth. Yeah, because I put their food. slash lines and I said, hey, in half the games, this player B, uh, player A was deemed a, a, rota- or a bullpen guy because yeah. he can't hit. But player B is still our starting catcher. Yeah. You guys are standing for him. Yeah, and, and uh, don't get me wrong. Like I get like the expected stats. Like They're cool to look at just to think, but they they're not predictive of future performance and or success well, i can't wait to see what uh what you're looking at here later on yeah. so padre twitter segment related yes oh good oh good we we'll still get... have voicemails rolling in okay oh geez <laughs> right up to the last minute uh, yeah. we'll get to that later but like the expected stats like this is my issue with this is why i don't look at it and i don't think it's i mean it's cool to look at but it's not like usable to me it's because they're not predictors of future performance like Great. If you look at his expected weighted on base, his expected slugging, like it's better than what it is now, but it's still not very good. I mean, it's good for a catcher per se, but like he's had now, this is his third full season, and he's had two seasons behind this to prove that he's more than what we've seen offensively. And outside of one big month last year, he's not. Like he's not. I think his on base career is like 260 or 270. He's going to hover around 400 slugging because he will run into a fastball once a week and, you know, hit it out. But, like, that's all he is. I went back just to just out of curiosity because somebody made a comment today about, like, you know, at what point do you blame player development on for Austin Hedges, like Potter's player development? And I went back to look just to see when a completely different, you know, um, regime was here because different two – he's been through three regimes now since he was drafted. Right. And it's like even back then, like, Loggenhagen had it on Fangraphs, like – He's probably at best like a 250, 320, 399 slash line. That's his peak. That's his absolute ceiling, according to a very well-renowned and respected prospect guy. That's his ceiling. So he's probably not going to hit that. I mean, best case scenario, that might be a peak year. Like I said it last year, like if he can hit 250, 300 slug, and he can probably slug 420, 430, great. He's catcher Hunter Renfro, but great defensively. Like, right? Like... He slugs enough to make him good enough at the plate. But I don't even think he's going to do that because he can't consistently make contact. Like, he can't get to his pop. I think he is what he is. He's a light bat. Like, he's a, he's Jeff Mathis with a better bat. And I use better with air quotes. Because it's, it's better. It's just not that much better. Oh, yeah? What about Mejia? Mejia's not hitting either. Yeah, he's had like 10 at-bats. <laughs> So stupid. Like, imagine, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that. Hey, this is him. But imagine passing and not giving JT Real Muto a shot because you're in love with Jeff Mathis. That has been my like, yeah. That's, Jesus Christ. That's been my biggest like, con- like, and I'm not saying, yeah, you're right. Like, we don't know if he's gonna be, um, you know, JT Real Muto, but the tools are similar, right? Like, he's got good approach. He's got pop. He can hit. He's got a great arm. JT Real Muto. I'm telling you, he could not frame a four by six photo. Like, he sucked at catching. When he came up, the Marlins ran with him anyways, and they let him develop. And eventually, he got pretty decent at it because it is a skill. Whether his receiving gets better or not, I don't know. Grandal still struggles with receiving, you know, uh, you know, increased or higher velocity. But Grandal's an all-star, and he draws walks, and he hits, and he frames well. Like, I think Mejia can get better, but at some point, you have to decide. You have to make a decision, like, who's going to be our guy for the next five years? Is it going to be Hedges, who we know what we got? Like, or is it going to be Mejia? If it's not going to be Mejia, then trade him and get rid of him. And stop like enticing Padre fans who are starved for offense with Mr. Like backup catcher. I mean, somebody, I think I want to say it was Marver that put out there that he's basically like Ben Davis, Wiki Gonzalez, Gary Bennett the one year he was here. Like Marver, yeah. Marver dropped a troll. And I'm hesitant it's to call it. It's not inaccurate. I'm hesitant to call it a troll because I'm, I'm completely sure that he's dead serious. That not even I had the capability to bring up. And I was I was really, really jealous I didn't think of this. But he's like, hey, all Hedges is good at is framing. <laughs> but nothing else. Uh, when it comes to other defensive aspects, he's uh, incredibly average. I think he's dead serious. As dead serious as wearing a plunging neckline white V-neck t-shirt. I saw that, dude. And I was like, you son of a bitch. He makes a valid point. Because the reality is, and, you know, we've gotten like all oh, the Padres catchers call against. We don't know. I don't know. And we have no way of verifying. We personally don't know. And I think fans are just guessing 
how much of the game he actually calls. Because he does peek into the dugout, and he has an actual game card in his pocket or on his wristband, the old quarterback wristband. Yeah. So it's like, how much of that is he actually calling, and how much is like the advanced metrics guys or you know the analytics team saying, here's the game plan, so just kind of you know frame your game around this. And how much of it is actually him? The running game has been long known now that it's mostly on the pitcher. Right. Like, Yadier Molina is a freak of nature. But for the most part, the running game is on the pitcher. Like, I don't care how good your arm is. I'd like to see Yadier Molina throw somebody out with Tyson Ross pitching, (laughs) taking two minutes to get rid of the ball after leg kicks. So, really, the only thing we can tangibly go with is blocking and framing. That's really the only thing we can really, like, look at and say, he's really good at this. But once the robot ups come, and they're probably coming... Please, what God. Yeah. Please, one time, God. God. Just once. One time. I like how we said this, like, when we want Tatis to break camp. And, and we Machado want Hedges. Paddock. Yeah, I think we're just or, uh, Machado, yeah. Yeah, uh, Hedges. <laughs> Maybe when Derek Norris was here. Dude, the biggest blessing to Austin Hedges is that Fangraph started incorporating framing in their war. It's, yeah, because he's... <laughs> I think like, that game, like, four war for his career. <laughs> like, five. Five point two. Well, it increased it by four, I want to say. Because baseball reference, he's sitting at a cool, like, 1.6. <laughs> And I'm like, good lord. He's like right at replacement level right now. Yeah, and I mean, it depends on how much you well, yeah, I'm citing it because it, it, yeah. it uh, fits my narrative. Of course. But I mean, you have a, a fair case that's like, you know, how important is framing going to be in the future? And that's the other thing. Like, I feel like execs know, like, where the direction of the game is going. I feel like they know, like, yeah, the automated strike zone is probably coming. So at, at this point, like, I think the Padres need to, like, they need to declare who their guy is going forward. I want to see Mejia get a legitimate chance because I think as players get older and as they see more pitching and they make adjustments that your plate discipline can get better and your approach can get better. I don't think Mejia can be worse than Austin Hedges if you just run him out there 400 times a year, 400 at-bats a year of plate appearances. And I think his framing can get better. He's never going to be Hedges defensively. Like, Hedges was said to be major league ready as a catcher, like, upon draft. Yeah. So, like, he's never going to be that. But for a team starved with offense, I'd rather have an at-best mediocre catcher who can hit than a great defensive catcher who couldn't hit water if he fell off a boat. Yeah. Like, there's nothing that entices me about Hedges. If they traded Mejia, great. I'm all for Hedges at that point. But if you're not going to trade him, play him. And to the Austin Hedges stands out there on Padres Twitter, I'll say one thing, and it's a quote. If you fight for your limitations, you can keep them. (laughs) That's so great. Vince Vaughn. (laughs) I think it's from the internship. (laughs) Well, yeah. At the end of the day, like you guys are fighting for a backup catcher, and I will continue to troll because it is by far my favorite troll. And it's getting to the point where I was even annoyed with it. That's why I waited 24 hours for that Bethancourt troll. Uh, but, dude, the other night, Hedges had three strikeouts, and it's in the last inning. And he's I want to say he's facing Vasquez. And I had my Pixart up, and I was uh, making a Hedges golden sombrero Photoshop. Oh, God. And I had four big, giant red Ks on there. And he gets down two strikes, and he hits a lazy ground ball to third base. And I screamed, <laughs> I was so mad because I'll show it to you. It has hedges. It's hedges like mug shot or whatever. And I I shopped a headshot. Yeah, mug shot. <laughs> I, I shopped a, a golden sombrero on him, and I had four red K's across Look at his you face. Using lingo, I shop. <laughs> Speaking of screaming, fuck. Uh, let's get on to Mister F Bomb himself. Good old Ian Kinsler, Padre yeah. Twitter. Padres, uh, Padres Twitter's favorite second baseman. Yeah, let's get right into the Padres Twitter segment. We'll kind of tie these two in because someone, there's a couple people that that asked about it and that wanted to know about it and uh, get our thoughts on it. So let's start with this first one where Ian tries to explain himself. Oh, God. Hey, this is Ian Kinsler. Fuck you. Fuck all of you. <laughs> oh, whoops. He called again. Oh, hey, uh, Ian Kinsler. Shit, I thought this was the number for the Padres Clubhouse. That was just supposed to be an inside joke for my teammate. I'm not sorry, though. I will not apologize. (laughs) So Ian Kinsler is trying to get us fired up. So he's trying to get us fired up. So yeah, Ian Kinsler, you see that he said, uh, oh, hey, uh, this was aimed towards my teammates. And I was trying to get my teammates fired up. This had nothing to do with the fans. Uh Even though as he crossed home plate, he said, Fuck you all. And then he 
He points to everyone he in the po- stands. He's he looking goes, Fuck up. All of you. He's got guys in front of him, and he's looking up. Yeah, and then later, later in the shot of the dugout, you hear him say, "It's picked up by the dugout camp." Somebody Fuck asked him every something. single one of these motherfuckers. Yeah, he goes, he goes, "Fuck him." Fuck every single one of these motherfuckers. <laughs> Somebody said something to That's him. That's amazing. Yeah. I've never seen anything like that in my entire life. To which Ever. I had, I was gaining a certain level of respect for the idea of like he just went yard. He had a glorious fucking Latino bat flip. Yeah. And then he didn't own up to it. And I completely lost fucking... It's like when you... <laughs> well, somebody made a meme of like... Um, so or somebody made a... It's like it's like the hottest chick and then she's like a... Uh, she's a dud in the sack or something like that. That's what it felt like. It's like, oh, oh, Kinsler's showing some personality? <laughs> oh, he's just trying to fire up his teammates, that fucking liar. I wish he would have owned it. Yeah, if really he'd owned he it, I would have had some respect for him because... Take it from somebody who sucks at hitting. It is frustrating to go out there and try your damnedest and only to fail 80% of the time. It sucks balls. So if he just said like, hey, yeah, I was frustrated. I'm hearing it from the fans. I know they're frustrated with my performance. This isn't what I expected. It's obviously not what they expected. You know, so I just, I let some emotion out. It's just all, you know, it just, it got the better of me. It's not, I don't hate the fans. It's just, you know, I let it get the better of me. And, you know, for that, I apologize. Yeah. Because we all want the same thing here. I would have been like, mad respect. I would have respected him and said, okay, you shouldn't be telling the fans to fuck off. But you told us to shove it because you went yard and, you know, that pretty much won the game. Great. Yeah. But he didn't do that. Dude. I'll, like, and then he made himself a fucking meme while he was at it. <laughs> Idiots. I'll tell you, man. In the post-game comments when our own uh, Bernie Wilson said, hey, the fans thought that that was directed at them. <laughs> I love that goes, guy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> He had the fit, He had the look. He was the okay meme. He just Dude. made himself the okay meme. So my favorite thing from Padres Twitter this week in regards to the Ian Kinsler thing. Did you see someone had just like cut out the part where he's like, okay. But it was when Men's Rea and he goes, when she says she didn't climax. And you see Kinsler's like, okay. <laughs> just incredible. He made himself a meme. Incredible. But yeah, it was, dude, when I saw that happen, I won't lie. I was like, I told okay. him, like, did he just say I was fuck like, all of okay. you? Okay. There were some plate. people that flew off the hinges mad as fuck yeah, about it. how did you it. feel about it initially? Let me get you. I fucking loved it. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, hell yeah, Ian Kinsler. That's what I'm talking about. I was really, really happy about it. And it's not like I care about being told to go fuck myself. No. I'm a fan. I don't know him personally. He doesn't know me. It's not directed directly towards me. Well, maybe yeah. it is since, you know, my <laughs> tweets got picked up by national websites. It's no big deal. But I loved it. I was so happy when I saw that. I was I re I was stunned. I went in, I, I rewound it a few times. I was like, I need to see this multiple times. It was incredible. I was I was floored not because I was offended. Like I can understand people getting offended. I do think it blew up more than it should have. Because again, at the end of the day, we're all human. It's just a human being who has stunk, who has known he has sucked balls the entire time he's been here since opening day, just letting it all out. Finally having that moment of gratification. Yeah. So I'm not gonna lose my shit. I don't over think there it. was anything inherently wrong with it. Like we had Orlando Hudson dogging us, but he dogged us because he made a bad play. Yeah, <laughs> like he made a play and said, "Oh, you shouldn't boo me for being shitty." Like Kinsler was like, "Don't boo me. I just hit a home run." A little bit different. So exactly, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with it. Like we shouldn't we shouldn't hate Ian Kinsler for just letting it out because. I mean, we hated him anyways. Yeah, we hate him anyways, but it's like, we shouldn't hate him because he told us to fuck off. Like, he shoved it that night. Yeah. So good for him. Yeah. But at least fucking own up to it. That's I'll, the part I'll t- that pisses I'll me off. I'll tip my cap to that. I'll tip my cap to I that. I will, but it's like... I'm not going to lose my shit. Like, like <laughs> Angela at Bullpen Babe. We she lost her shit. Oh, she was furious. She completely lost her shit. And I was having so much fun following along the meltdown. And I was like, what? Why is this such a big deal? Like, I, I get it. But she's like, this is not, he is not one of my Padres. And I'm like, oh, good Lord. <laughs> I only care about I the name hilarious. on the front of the jersey. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious. And if, you know, if, if she was hurt by it, then I, I mean, I guess. But I personally, I thought it was uh, hilarious. So actually, um, our next call here, we have a first time caller, long time oh. listener, long time listener, but a first time caller. So uh, I think you'll recognize the voice. Let's see. Hey, boys. It's a relay sapphire. <laughs> My beloved Eric is such a good broadcaster. <laughs> I'm just calling 
I'll say, is he done? <laughs> Leisure Fryer said that he can't wait for you to be on the other side of the wall. Oh, God. So, thank you, Leisure, for I, checking in. I couldn't understand half of that other than the proclamation that I'm old. As far as... <laughs> That's about as far as I got. Did somebody call 911? I think he was either having a stroke, a cardiac arrest, or both. Well, he wanted to know, and he's been asking me, uh, when I'm going to go broadcast at Callaway Golf with Scott Kaplan. Yeah, I so, thought I heard that. Leisure Fryer. Or Callaway, at least. Yeah, Leisure Fryer. I, I have no plans to do that at all. No plans at all. But we have, uh, let's get to the next caller. Oh, my God. Hey, Danny. Hey, Eric. This is Coach John Cantera calling in. I just wanted to say, you know, you guys are being really hard on Andy Green. And the fact that, you know, the veteran Ian Kinsler is Green's pre-game fluffer uh, really makes him uh, stand out in the lineup and definitely having to stay in the lineup and play a second base. Uh, another thing, Eric, I know you're not a stand for Austin Hedges, but, you know, He's Andy's backdoor man. I'm, I'm sorry. He's Andy's backstop, and he's really going to be better uh, come down later on in the season. Uh, so can you just back off the head talk right now? That's that's what I'm going to have to ask you to do. Um, one more thing is everyone, the whole team, and, and I talked about Tony Gwynn Jr. with this on the morning show, uh, the whole team should be riding the Renfro stick. Uh, he just, he's mashing the ball really hard. You know, and uh, doing really well. So um, I hope that bastard Rich Herrera doesn't take my job for the morning show. But, you know, it, whatever happens, happens. I've been in the business for a long time. So, hey, thanks for taking my call, and go Padres. <laughs> wow, the coach, Tory Pines' own. Well, that was Coach John Contera. Thanks so much for the phone call. <laughs> I'm so, oh God. I'm so bummed he didn't come and shake our hand. Oh, good Lord. Oh, God. That so was amazing. He, he hopes that Rich Herrera does not take his job over at 97.3. To Too which, late. Too late, John. Yeah, to which I will say uh, he was on there this morning, but I don't know how long exactly uh, Rich Herrera will be uh, over there in the mornings at 97.3. We're hoping hoping for a change there very soon. So the next call coming up is... That was uh, glorious, by the way. Yeah, this one is uh, this one should be interesting. I didn't listen to this one, but I just see the uh, what it says here for the transcription. So let's see what it has. Hey, guys. Mike D here at, at Mike D. I was just wondering, why was I fired again? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Mike D wants to know why he was fired again. Uh, blonde interns and stuff. Yeah, next question. What's up, guys? It's your boy, Pimo, at Uncle Pimo. Oh, I'm taking the last couple weeks off uh, from this portion of the segment. Uh, doctor told me I needed to stop going to Chili's so much, so <laughs> that was part of it. But uh, cheat day for me today. Uh, anyway, quick question. Uh, I was able to look at it uh, dating back to last year uh, on the ballpark app uh, that I am 3 and 23 uh, dating Oof. back to last year. Games I've gone to a puck house, so... Uh, what I'm just trying to figure out, especially as uh, the season started off pretty poorly for for me, uh, attendance-wise as well, uh, what do you think I can do? What god did I piss off, and what can I do to make up for it uh, uh, to get out of this slump here and get the Padres back on winning ways? All right, I'll take my answer off the air. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Of course you'll take your answer off the air, asshole. This is a podcast. <laughs> live calls, you idiot. <laughs> Jeez, three for twenty three. I don't three know. and twenty three on a... ballpark app, dating back to last year. <laughs> that is brutal. That sounds that's like my, brutal. That's my batting line right now. Yeah. Oh my god! And you guys thought I was a jinx. <laughs> you guys thought I was a jinx. Three and twenty three. That is terrible. <laughs> at Uncle Pimo. At Uncle Pimo. Now, what god did he piss off, or how do we get the Padres back on track? You know what, man? At this point, uh, Uncle Pimo. The only advice that I would have for you is get away, get far, far away. I'm thinking just somewhere. Leave. I'm thinking somewhere like uh, Dusseldorf, Germany. <laughs> just leave the country. Hartzena, get as far away as you can. <laughs> that is just absolutely terrible. Uh, we have Ryan Cohen checking in next. Oh, I love Ryan. 
up, guys? This is Ryan Cohen. I called in uh, last Thursday during the, the Ian Kinsler game, as it is now known. I was a little <laughs> bit heated. Not heated, just kind of confused because Ian Kinsler sucks, and that was a really weird display of emotion. It's been four days since then, and uh, I still hate Ian Kinsler. I think he's a terrible baseball player, and Padres are 0-3 since he cursed up fans. Uh, honestly, I'm mad that he cussed out the fans now because I thought it was funny. <laughs> but uh, here's my question for you guys. we got a series up coming up with the Diamondbacks. Who do you hate more right now, Bob Bradley or Ian Kinsler? Go Pods. Let's get above 500 again. Those were the good old days. Uh, remember those days. Thank you, Ryan, for the call. Remember those days when we were above 500? Yeah, Seems like so a long ago. ago. <laughs> Seems so long ago. So uh, who do we hate more, the racist broadcaster or the racist second baseman? who did things that he condemned other races for. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. I'm going to go Bob Brenly. I'm going to go Kinsler because we have to put up with his ass every day, and Brenly only comes in spurts. So you're, t- you're telling me that you tolerate racism. No, I don't tolerate it. I mean, is there any way to go about it? Can we- we'll just say both. We'll just say both. <laughs> I wonder if Brenly and Kinsler are meeting up later on today. Well, did you know, I, I have it on good authority from uh, a pal of mine in Las Vegas, Nevada, that Bob Brenly, ISIS supporter. Really? ISIS supporter. Wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, ISIS, ISIS sympathizer. I bet. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's uh, developing. Developing from my friend in uh, in Nevada that he is a, a known ISIS sympathizer. I think this might be the last one for the day. This is Austin Hedges' left nut. <laughs> Why don't you give me a big smooch? <laughs> Why don't you give me a big smooch? That wasn't the Chamner, was it? No. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know uh, who that Hedges is. Hedges has been so bad that Chandler has knocked off his bit about talking up Austin Hedges. That's yeah. how bad he has been. Yeah, that is true. That's very true. Actually, there's one more that we missed here because I, I kind of jumped back and forth. So I missed yours. I'm sorry. Uh, but here's one. Hey, this is Jake, uh, team underscore thrash. Um, basically, Renfro and Reyes are both terrible defensively. Both are getting better, but still not great. They both are okay at the plate. Uh, Race has definitely gotten better. But Myers is awful. Margot is awful. This is the outfield that we're going to be stuck with for the next four or five years. Like, do we, short of any ridiculous trades, what is our outfield looking like for the future? And fuck you, Eric. Later. <laughs> Nobody likes you. No. No, nobody likes you. I th- I feel like nobody likes I love you it. either. I love they just it. like me by default because like, at least he's not Eric. You're like the you're like <laughs> the duff. I just hang out with you and I'm instantly better looking. I love it, dude. Or more likable in this case. I absolutely love it. Uh, our future outfielder. We're we gonna be stuck with our current outfield for the next four or five years. No, I don't. I I think uh, I I like Hunter Renfro, but I think you can only have one lumbering outfield with tons of pop. Uh, Reyes has the best uh, approach at the plate, clearly. Um, and he's just he's legit offensively. I think he he is what he is. He's I think he's a, a borderline all star caliber bat, if not better. Um, well, they're saying the DH is coming twenty twenty two. But I think that is, is what I what I thought I saw. I see. I can see them sneaking Naylor in and out, <laughs> trying to figure that out. Or they they could probably have to trade him. But they have some other guys they can sneak in there. I just don't think you're going to hang on twenty twenty two. Let's see. Hold on. 16, Renfro will be like a free agent by that point. So it's kind of like a moot point, whereas Reyes will only be, I mean, last year. Yeah, Reyes will still be under team control. He'll still have like two more years, I think, on top of uh, that season. So I don't. I think, honestly, Margot will not be here. Uh, Myers, I think, is done by that point, I think. Um, so I think it'll be like Reyes and God knows. Maybe maybe they move Xavier. Maybe Xavier Edwards is so good. Maybe he's our center fielder. I was just going to say, maybe, because that's what the talk with Trey Turner was. Like, well, you know, if he can't stick at center short, he could certainly probably play center. So maybe that's what they do with Edwards. Like, well, he could play second and probably fill in at short, but we got to get him in the lineup. Let's just put him in center. I can see that. Yeah. Um, I can also see Cordero maybe breaking out and holding on to the job. But honestly, I think the only one that's going to be here is Reyes and then God knows. Yeah. I can see it's that. Certainly not going to be Buddy Reed. Myers is probably going to be here because where else is he going to go? I don't know how long his contract runs though. Is it long? It's another that, three years. Does it run that long? Yeah, I think it's two and an option. We're not picking up the option. No, I think it's... And I could be wrong. It's either it's either three years or two and an option. We but might the twenty two point five kicks in next year. Let's see the twenty mil plus the two and a half signing bonus. So that kicks in next year. And oh God, he's here twenty two and twenty three. Great. Yeah. So it's going to be Myers, Renfro, and God knows we'll, we'll call Myers, it out. Reyes. Ex- 
Xavier Edwards, the X-Man, will be in center, I think. I'm going to call that now. Unless they eat some money and move Myers. They'd have to eat a lot of money. They would. And, or, and maybe he turns it around. Maybe maybe things click for Myers and maybe he starts maybe tearing Maybe some shit idiot up. claims him on waivers and we just go, bye-bye. Yeah, could be. Could be, man. Uh, you know, who knows? We'll have to see how it goes. But for now, I've been... Uh, very humbled by all this losing. We have Paddock. Uh, he's about to take the mound here in about... It's wind day, baby. Here yeah, it comes. He's about to take the mound in about 25 minutes, about a half hour. So uh, let's let's pray to God. Do you have anything else before we're, before we're out of here? Austin Hedges sucks. Let's get out of here. Austin Hedges does suck. By the way, we're not doing a podcast next week. No, we're Memorial not. Memorial Day be weekend. I'm going to be way too busy supporting the troops. I'm going to be in <laughs> Vegas. Um, I am not like Austin Hedges, who laughs and chit-chats during the National Anthem. I will be supporting the troops and the fallen troops I have something to throw out, actually, now that you mention it. So, um, they're doing that home run derby over in uh, over at D'Amato Field, right? Yep. Let's see Marver put his money where his mouth is. <laughs> Let's bring Marver out and see how many home runs he hits in the home run derby. Are you calling it's out Marver bad. right now? I want to see Marver hit in the home run derby. I want to see it, too. Yeah, let's call I him really out right now. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. So we're we're gone next week. I'll be in Vegas, and uh, we'll be back in two weeks from now, hopefully with some more W's under the belt for the uh, Padres and for the San Diego Marlins out there in Vegas. So uh, we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. We're out of here. Out from the heavy rain, thin line between joy and pain. It's a long, strange trip. It's all insane. You ain't never going to be the same.